0: Good morning, everybody.
1: Oh From coast no! to coast. Oh,
2: no. We can't start our show oh, like that. You well are,
0: you're I, just trying to,
2: get back to you're, us. Being,
3: you're up to something.
0: Well, you told me just to read just to read the oh, intro, no, not to uh Good. Uh, no, that's too good. All right. Good morning, everybody. No. Uh This is Joe Rutten. (laughs) No, actually, brothers Rutten. Um, I have a cold. I noticed when you came in, in, you had I'm like in a bubble in my head. You know when your head feels like Mm. it's, and I just don't quite feel myself. Mm. And I thought, you know what? I'm not doing. (laughs) I'm not doing the intro. Uh, Uh, And then I thought, no, I'm going to do the intro. And then the bad devil went out, and I played with the intro. So anyway. I'm Joe Rutten, host of Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, and I'm Father Paul, and I'm Father
3: John, and we are Rutten Radio. We're brothers journeying through life and commenting on movies that provoke us to think, laugh and pray. From cult classics to classics of faith, we hope you also find the movies we watch help you grow. Speaking of growing,
0: how are you brothers? Have you grown? Uh, I know one thing that has not grown, and that's the hair on top of our head. Yeah. We are bald. I just got a
3: haircut. I was looking at our logo the other day and realizing if we had to do the logo again,
0: you wouldn't be so generous.
2: Nope. (laughs) But (laughs) that's why we haven't
0: redone the logo. Yeah. How have we been since uh, last month? Well,
3: I am a bit melancholy <laughs> because after watching this movie, how could you not be? <laughs> yeah. Uh no, doing well, but it's a bit melancholy and, you know, you know, some days you just don't have all the energy to good
2: morning. <laughs> like,
3: yep,
0: I'm there with you. Father Paul?
2: Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of wondering where October went. Uh it like i'm like it's over uh, uh october uh, is over i know uh, but grateful we've had a really nice fall though you know it's been fall it's been cool it's been warm the leaves are changing you know no snowstorms as of yet uh but anyways
0: so doing well right 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 the uh fall weather is fantastic i think i say this maybe about spring too but um i love fall sweatshirt weather yeah anything that's a sweatshirt a bonfire yeah. like sitting outside uh, where it's a bit chilly football weather. Yeah, There's so many good things to love about fall. But yes, every time I looked at my calendar, I'm like, wait a minute. It's not like the 8th of October. It's the whatever. It just yeah. clipped by, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, November's like right around the corner. And here it is for Rutten Radio. If you're out there listening, you can interact with us by following us on the Rutten Radio Facebook page. As you listen to us on your local Real Presence Affiliate Network station. For the Rutten Radio Show, for the first half hour, we do a movie of the month that we discuss dialogue, talk about our insights gained from it. And then in the second half hour, we'll have further conversation about themes and insights that we carry over. And this month's movie of the month is... Into the Wild
2: It's Based on true story, after graduating from Emory University, top student and athlete Christopher McCandless abandons his possessions, gives his entire $24,000 in savings to charity, and hitchhikes to Alaska to live in the wilderness. Along the way, Christopher encounters a series of characters that shape
0: his life. Uh, I never had that problem of being the top student. (laughs) I did walk away, but I wasn't the top student when I did it. Uh, And I returned, unlike Christopher, but that's for further conversation. Father John, is there any uh, uh, warnings needed?
3: Yes, there are. It is rated R. Um, There's at least three moments of nudity and uh, swearing and some things in some places. Uh, So watch it before you watch it with uh, anybody that uh, might need to be cautious. Uh, I'd say for those of you that are adults and have well-formed consciences, The nudity scenes sort of don't really provoke you. Painful, you know, sometimes you're like that, you know, but they are uh, in there in ways uh, that you'll understand as you watch it.
0: Outstanding. Into the Wild. Initial thoughts or comments? Uh, This was actually the first time I've ever seen the movie. Oh, really? So It might be be
2: the first movie that I've reviewed for the first time Mm -hmm. having watched it. Uh, and it was intense, like it was intense the whole time. I'm like, but intense kind of in a way that I wasn't totally expecting. It's not like it's intense in the sense of like you're on the edge of your seat all the time or or you're always scared or whatever, but it was just intense because you really sort of enter into his life and all of the struggle and all of the challenge and all of those things, they really, I thought did a good job uh, pulling you in. Um, I also had my own sort of OCD I was confused because I couldn't figure out how he was, like, the path that he took, like, on his journey to Alaska. Like, he was all over the place. And I'm like, <laughs> how, why, why would you go all the way over there, then go back over here, then over there? So there was a part of me that was really struggling uh, with that part of it. And then I thought it was great. He went to Carthage, South Dakota, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of cool.
0: Cameo for Carthage?
2: Yep. Um, I mean, it was clearly a movie about finding yourself and the journey that it takes and all of those things. Um, and then always the question, how much of this was exactly true? How much of it was, you know, uh, his sister's thoughts, other people's thoughts, but, but I, I liked it. It was, it made me think.
0: Well, uh, maybe that answers your question about why he was all over the place. Cause finding (laughs) yourself often kind of takes you all all over over the the place. place. (laughs) Father John,
3: I have the same word. Intense. Intense. But maybe the opposite of what we're used to and uh, at Rutten Radio and the taste of my own medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Because someone doesn't like. I don't like sentimentality. But maybe if I'm honest, I don't like reality either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Families are broken. Broken families break children. Communities struggle with moments of delight uh, that... Um, have painful moments within them. Uh, you know, it's, there are beautiful things in life and in being together, but, uh, it's painful and pain can change you. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, pain changes. you, And there's a part in there where they've mentioned that, but sometimes that change doesn't come soon enough. Uh, is there something more to this world than our judgment of it is, I guess the thing that I kept thinking, like in the end, um, is just getting everything to work out at the end is that what we need cuz clearly here uh it it uh, is difficult and is it possible that there's redemption is mm-hmm. redemption possible even if it can't be seen um
0: by me the uh the main character christopher mccandless i believe yeah. is his or, last name or alexander super, super tramp, tramp. <laughs> <laughs> what a great name Um, So anyway, along the way, he picks a new name and goes on about his adventure. And so you kind of have this Chris versus Alex mentality, if you will. And a part of me wants to be Alex, Alexander Supertramp, and like just go off, just like leave all responsibility behind. And uh, you know, it's it's a it's a thing of self discovery, adventure. But at the same time, in reality, he is leaving responsibility behind mm-hmm. uh of being a son of yeah. being a brother of um you know and even along the way he's offered opportunities yeah. nope. to uh graft himself on to other communities or families the Carthage community or the elderly man's family and um you know a bit of that like kind of is I'd love to just take off you know John you've sometimes taken off on vacation, right? You just get to go because you don't really have a family that you have to plan your vacation around. If you want to just go to a lake up in Canada and just sit on it, you can do that. (laughs) I do. Uh, If you want to just head West, you can do that. Um, And so I, I like that idea, but at the same time, the reality of it um, I realize, is a little more nostalgia than it is. Um, I like the nostalgia of it. I don't know if I'd like the reality of it. Um, You know, and he discovers that, I think, along the way, too, that maybe being Alexander Supertramp isn't really what he's searching for um, in this process of self-discovery. And I think we see that come full circle at the end um, when he uh, discovers maybe his true identity, but we can get to that on the back end. So it was great. I love Alex, but I think in the end, I'll stick to being Christopher. Father John, you mentioned redemption. How well, is this? Uh, how, uh, tell me about your thoughts around the theme of redemption in the movie.
3: Yeah, I think uh, because you mentioned that about my travels, I want to sort of address that. Cause I really did think about that a number of times. I'm like, well, I kind of do what he's doing. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And then the question of, is there something different? And the truth of the matter is what he was doing was running from something. And what I'm doing is uh, running to something. And what I think I'm running to is the fulfillment of my heart in a way. I mean, I just have vacation, but even that to the outside perspective can look different than what's on the inside. It took me a long time to be able to vacation like you see me on Facebook because I used to be worried what everybody thought. I used to worry they, you know, you come back and they say, father, you're always on vacation. So I just don't go. Right. But father Mark Lichter was always like, you have to take vacation. No one will give you permission. Um, and then I could not put that on Facebook, you know, and then people wouldn't worry. So it's like, it's even that um, has a journey where I've had to learn how to do that in a way that it's healthy. Uh, that is for my flourishing is the f- flourishing of other people. And then, when I did it the first time going to Rome, I hated it. So the idea of, oh, yeah, I just get to go explore. No, I hated it because I was alone. <laughs> I didn't I, I was so sad when I was alone, and you know, and then you're grasping for people, and that's not what people want from you is grasping. But over time, I learned to look for Christ in it. I learned to look for what was beautiful. I learned to, know when to enter into conversation and when not to, when to stay somewhere and somewhere not to, it seems like the gospel, right? Where there's peace, stay. I've learned that. So the way of traveling like Alexander Supertramp, in a sense, I think I'm living what he wished he could have found, but even that came with something more like Alexander than like Christopher. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah, he says in there, there's a quote in there at one point, "Happiness is only real if shared with another, yeah. Mm-hmm. um, and it's it's almost like he gets to the end, but he can't return to share it with anyone. Yeah, he gets stuck. Mm-hmm. but he he realizes that though. he he experiences the transformation that he needs another. Mm-hmm. But he's stuck once he gets to that point, and he can't return. Um, it's almost the tragedy of it all, right? Is that the, the moment he does discover the truth and reality of his his interdependence, his need for another, his love of others, um, is the moment that he can't return to it. Yeah. Uh, and in a sense, um, you know, maybe he did have that transformation. And in another life, right, now on the other side, he gets to enjoy that fulfillment of his heart's desire and the sign that he has in the in the bus at the end, uh, I have had a happy life and thank the Lord. Goodbye, and may God bless all.
3: Yeah. If that is real, if he really put yes. that, if that's not an addition to the script, we're talking redemption. Redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And he signs it, His- Christopher McCandless. Right. And that for me was the moment where I was like, <laughs> boom. Oh, <whoa, laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Right, but there
2: was also the note, call a thing by its right name. Yes. So there was that that acknowledgement that you need to call things by its right name. Right. And thus, he called himself Christopher Jones. Right. Uh, the right name. The right and
3: name. maybe that's the dynamic of redemption that I'm really talking about. Is not a like a redemption of, I need Jesus Christ to save me. <laughs> I do, mm-hmm. but you can just say that in a way that, no, like I've lived my life on my terms in such a way that I've come up empty. hmm And then I've allowed whatever happens to speak to me. Ah, learn to let a thing be it, call it by its name, right? Once you get to the end of it, you start living in reality more honestly. Call a thing by its name. All of a sudden, he's realizing reality is objective to me. (laughs) Call a thing by its name. What is this? And then all of a sudden, redemption sort of begins. What do you mean by that? Dig into that a little bit. So he's going out to like find himself. He thinks this is the path. And on the way, he's meeting all these people that are objective to him, that are trying to reach him. What do you mean objective to him? They're, They're not his idea. They're not in his head. They arrive. They're a real person in a tractor who's farming right here. Do I come to that person and impose my ideas, my thoughts, what my agenda, what my plan is on that person in that tractor? Or do I say, wow, what does it mean that I just came upon this man in a tractor and he's got work for me and he can pay me and he keeps talking to me? I wonder if I'm supposed to pay attention to what he's saying or should I tell him what he should be doing? And he does that, does that to the
0: old man where the old man wants to adopt him. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, I'll tell you what you're running from. Yeah. So, know, in so this
3: is what I mean, is there's something objective. And when you begin to realize, stop imposing my life onto the world and let the world, this is like counter to the world. We put our idea on everything. Then all of a sudden redemption starts appearing in these things, through in them. these people, through the rabbit that you see or through the animal that you find beautiful, like it's reaching you. So that then I think is is sort of what I've meant in regard to redemption is it's not a, I need Jesus to save me. It's that I've taken a journey. I'm at the end of my abilities and all of a sudden I see another way. This is why people at the bottom, you know, say, I got to get to the bottom of the barrel or I I was at the bottom. Well, basically all that means is I was at the place where I stopped. I gave up and I just let it be. And then all of a sudden you see, Oh, there's something here.
0: Right. And so Paul, you talked a little bit about, or you had mentioned, a little bit about a second birth, or uh, uh, kind of this this moment in life where, you know, we begin to ask ourselves who we are and relationship to reality versus our parents. Or um, and so, what is it that? How does that work then? That second birth that he has. What is? T- talk to me a little bit about the challenges he has in relationship to the reality he runs from, and maybe what it is that he's looking for.
2: Well, I think, again, I would say the, the reason I said, said that or made note of that is I think we all have the moment of, in a sense, as I would say, a second birth, but the moment in which you make a decision for yourself independent of mm. what your parents think, what others think, uh, and to really stop and ask that question, when is the first time I consciously made a decision for me? And I think many people make decisions based on what they think others want them to do. And they never really come into their own and then have to own that though as well. Like they have to then own that this is my decision. I made this. I can't blame my parents. Can't blame anyone else. And so there's that moment where it's very evident. Chris is like a lot of people. Why did he go to college? Cause his parents told him to, because it's the thing to do uh, never really wanting. And you know, it was the car was, was really that beginning for him because he knew it irked his parents <laughs> because it wasn't nice, but it was his. And it was part of who he thought he was. But at the same time, he was willing to get rid of even that, cut up all of his cards, all those kinds of things. Um, so I think it's important for us to stop and really think, like, at, at what point did we begin to, to make an assessment of who am I and, and am I making decisions uh, in that? And then in that, for us as as Christians, where does God come into that and coming to know myself uh, is created by God uh, in that way
0: it's uh you talk about the responsibility of making decisions um he has to accept that responsibility and his consequences are drastic
2: yeah well I mean well and I and I noted it, that time where he gets beat up on the train uh you know he'd ridden the train a couple times uh and then all of a sudden he gets pulled off and beat by the train owners like you're not supposed to ride the train Right. Like there is a consequences, but all along he does whatever he wants mm-hmm. and there's no consequence to it. Right? Like, it's almost like this freedom, you know, he can, he can say he doesn't need the things of this world all the while using the things of the world. Mm. Yeah. Ah, and it was sort of like this false sense of, I don't need anything, but, but he did. He did. Uh, and, and so how do you find that balance? And then how do you realize that some of the things you do, uh, you're going to get beat for. And, and, maybe even deserved it. Uh, you know, maybe not to the degree,
0: but you know, there's a gentleman I know actually he's passed away who, uh, is in a wheelchair because he, uh, passed out drunk on the railroads and got run over. And, um, so I'd never really thought about it before until now, but I remember that he got money. He got a, he got a, he, he had money from it. Um, And in that, what the guy says is, we will protect our liabilities. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. That's why it matters to them. Because if somebody gets injured on the railroad, they could get sued. Right. And so it's like, oh, wait a minute. That's a free rider. That's, that's somebody that's taking advantage of another person, right? So even his independent lifestyle is actually harming others, is taking advantage of others, or is is stealing, if you will, um, to some degree that even in escaping reality, he can't get away from it. Yeah. Um, and then the final, the ultimate consequence of his actions is death. Right. And for me, it was the point where I was like, oh, yeah, you know, um, and that's where fear really enters in, right? Right. Yep. All of a sudden, it's like you could. The movie does a very good job yep. of. And he
2: wrote it in the in the diary. What's that? For the first time, I'm afraid. You know, when he comes back, and he knows he can't get across. Yeah. Right. And he writes it in the diary for the first time, and I think it's the first time he realized he's not in control.
3: Maybe explain that scene leading up to the so river. He's that's walking. An important so
2: again, in the movie, he heads up into Alaska. He crosses this little stream. Puts a hat. So he knows where to cross back over. And he finds this bus that he begins to live in. Uh, And he spends all this, you know, whatever, how many ever weeks up there. And he makes a decision that he's going to go home or return back to civilization. And he gets to the river and it is this massive river because now it's spring and there's way more water and he can't get across. And he realizes he's stuck. Like he isn't free to do what he wants to do now. So he has to go back to the bus. It's raining. It's miserable. Uh, And and he's not prepared for having to stay when he didn't want to stay. Uh And in there, he writes that because he can't find food, you know, all these things. uh, it, It's really not going well for him.
0: All right. He has the notches on his belt that kind of yeah, show the it. progress of deterioration of his body. When he
2: kills the moose. And he said it was the greatest moment that turned into the greatest disaster because he couldn't cook it fast enough. It all rotted. Like it was just utter failure after failure. Yeah, it was. But that that fear of I'm not in control. And it comes to all of us, I think, at some point. Uh, and what mm-hmm. do we do with it?
0: Right. The uh, And then to know, it, as the story goes, that just you know a few days after uh moose hunters come upon him you know yeah. he was that close to being rescued even yeah. two weeks two weeks and uh you know but that's the reality yeah well the uh you know that search for meaning maybe it's some this is something we can dive into a little bit deeper in the second half but you know this this internal pull that he has for some for to to find something to discover himself or, but I I think that you know in some ways this is uh, Saint Augustine that that Christopher isn't any different than the rest of us even Saint Augustine when he talks about the restless heart and Augustine sought it in a multitude of other places before he found it in our Lord um, and that Christopher sought. To satiate that restless heart, um, through this adventure, uh, and ultimately, I believe, you know, if like you said, the reality is the reality of what the movie shows, and that is that he encountered the divine, he encountered God, he was he was grateful for the life he lived. At the end, that even he discovered maybe what it was that he was looking for. And that was a satiation of this restless heart that he had that was created for another created for something beyond this world, right? That not even the great adventure of a lifetime could satiate uh, because in the end he wants to go back. He, he, he didn't discover in a sense, he did not discover what he wanted out there. What he wanted, he was to go back and to share what he had experienced yeah, with to, another.
3: Yeah, Paul, you're upset that he had to like go this way, this way, that way, that way to get to Alaska. Well, he had to do all of that and get to Alaska to get right back to where he was from, so that he could know
0: himself. Right, <laughs> it's like that's a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> but that's kind of what I think all of us do in some ways. Uh, we might not go on the great adventure like that, but in our own mind and heart, uh, we go on the search of discovery for you know for for you know the god size hole in our heart. Uh, to love and be loved. Uh, as we kind of wind down here, the first half hour of Rutten radio, uh, for those out there listening, we are, uh, doing our movie review movie of the month into the wild, a great, uh, story, a true story yep. based off a true story written in a book by his sister about a young man that ventures off into the wilds of Alaska. And, uh, unfortunately meets, uh, his end of his days, um, uh, Stranded, trapped out in the wilds of Alaska, but leaves behind this journal, which records his story and one photo. Yeah. Amazing. Which is fin- fascinating, mm-hmm. isn't it? This, yeah. And I could look How at do that How have photo. taken it? Well, well maybe. It, you of all
2: people asking? Yeah. You, you, you said a camera. i tried. You know, they have timers on old cameras, too. Oh, there <laughs> would have been
3: a timer on an Oh.
2: Uh, you know, I mean, it was the 90s. So those sure. cameras would have still had the timer. Uh, so he would have been able to take, but it just said was one, one photo. So he did a pretty good job if he got it in one take, but he did look happy. Yeah. Right? Like he looked really at peace, just boop, right there at the bus.
0: Yep. I, <laughs> I would say, so I almost want to print that photo up and put that photo somewhere. And the recognition of the actor in the movie, like I was like, Oh they kind of resemble each other yeah, a little they did bit. A like, oh. they did it, I don't even know who that actor is, but uh, he did a, a fantastic job. So into the wild, uh, as we wrap up our first half hour here, uh, you're listening to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. And we just want to give a shout out to our sponsors and all those that support us. And uh, a shout out to uh, the Noonans and to the special gathering we had uh, for Rutten Radio uh, this past month. Uh, we've done a couple of fundraisers to support uh, different uh, apostolates, and we had one of those fundraisers, uh, brothers. That was kind of fun getting together with you, hooligans, and having yeah. an off-site type of gathering, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, that's good. So we're grateful for all those that support the many ministries and uh, apostolates out there in the the diocese, not just locally here in the Sioux Falls diocese, but regionally beyond. So. With that, we want you to support our listeners or our our sponsors. Uh, We'll be back right here after just this short break. And we're back with Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, your local and regional Catholic media network for all things awesome, including the Brothers Rutten. You can catch us on Facebook. If you'd like to interact with us, you could uh, send us uh, messages there. Or go ahead and, uh, yeah, give us a listen. You probably have us on your phone apps and all that fun stuff. We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts, your insights about the movie, or even future movie recommendations. we got to make up our our lineup, fellas, for 2022. So we we might need some suggestions from the audience. So we don't
2: have all of Joe's movies.
0: Yeah, this 2021 was the year of Joseph. Yeah, St. Joseph. Oh, that's why we did. Yeah, okay. Joseph was like, you know, why don't we just bless Joe? He's got to put up with these two brother priests day in, day out, month after month. (laughs) We'll do his movies this year. Uh, So next year, 2022, I don't know what month is it, or what year is it? The year of... uh, We're having a synod,
2: so we could, you know, let people help us pick. Ooh, (laughs) well, Actually, people have given us tons of recommendations. We've got a list so long. Yes, yes, yes. We do have
0: a list. All right. All right. Shout outs.
2: All right. I'll go first. Give a few shout outs. Father Paul. As we call her, the Gold Coast Goddess, my godmother, Aunt Mary Jo. uh, And also Aunt Mary Lou, who's recovering. Uh, She had surgery and she was really sick. Uh, And then my good friend, Dot Pogue, who is also usually alarmed by your good morning. Yes, thank you, Dot. So anyways, so those three. Three great ladies.
3: But we all have to admit publicly that at the gathering for the Rutten Radio fundraiser, there was about 50 50. Oh, there was there some pretty songs. There was some pretty song support for Joe's yeah, I, I, I uh, animation. I
0: think so. I think so. Everybody likes to get excited. Yeah. We need a, we need somebody with a little passion. My little shout excitement. out once
3: again uh, is just uh, one person this time, like last time Angela Zog. Oh. She's a great listener, always sends a little feedback, recommendations, thoughts. Uh, and she is a fellow friend of Blessed Charles Foucault.
0: Oh, nice.
3: Soon to be saint.
0: Wow. Right. Interesting. All right. I'll give a shout out to my wife. Oh, good Laura call. Beth. Good She's call. amazing. Yep. Um, and anybody that can put up with me and try and keep my life organized and the rest of our family uh, moving in the right direction is a saint. So shout out to my wife. Rosary scapular check brothers. I have Zero. I do not have a rosary oh. and I do not have my scapular. I don't on. have my rosary. Uh oh. One for two? <laughs>
1: that is <laughs> not a, a rosary.
0: I got a. John's I got, got like that. a rosary. I and Paul's got his and rosary. I do have a scapular. I'm not taking
1: that out. A, no. You're just going to have to trust
0: me. All right. All right. Uh, well, if a priest is lying, I do not have either. So is this. All right, listeners. My scapular is itchier than crud.
2: They're supposed to be. I know. But I just. Can't. I mean, I shouldn't say they're supposed to be, but well, it's not supposed kn- to be like
0: pleasant. I know. I feel like such a weak, weak Christian. But you know what? I'm gonna pull the Saint Ther- Therese of Lisieux card and be like, I'm so little and soft and weak. <laughs> I need oh. the I need the elevator of God's oh, love. I just okay. can't take this harsh path. Oh, okay, right, right? right. And so, didn't God give her an elevator? I think so. So anyway, I, I do not have that or my rosary, which is the first time I think I've went over to, but well, I've actually at least started, you, at least you, uh, did the check. I did. Cause the check there probably was spite, a temptation I, to
2: just say, you know, if we don't do the check, nobody's going to know. And then uh, you I'm have so, so
0: humble. Yep. So humble. I, I have to, the, uh, but I, I will say, you know, something I've started doing more often is, uh, just, uh, doing, Kind of mantras, uh, Jesus, I trust in thee, Jesus, I trust in thee, Jesus on my rosary beads, oh. and I find I use my rosary beads a lot now, sure, just because of that little practice. I watched, uh, you know, Muslims have beads too, sure. mm-hmm. and they like clip through them. I don't know what they're saying. I think they say the names of God.
3: Mm-hmm. Is I yeah, think what they like say on them. How many identification? Yeah, I was like,
0: true. well, yeah, I I should just run through like the Jesus I trust in you, Jesus I trust in, mm-hmm. and so I've started. Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. Uh, and it's been really helpful. I've enjoyed that. All righty, all righty, all righty. So, we've got shout outs out of the way, rosary and scapular checks. Our movie of the month was Into the Wild. Ranking of the movie What do we want to give Brothers Rutten? One, two, or three Rutten heads? I give it 2.5. 2.5? 2. 5. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I still struggle with movies that are true, and how true are they, and how much do they, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's ever going to be a true, true, true movie. Uh, So anyways, it was a great movie. I loved it. I thought it was good. It made me think, all those things. But I'm always skeptical of Hollywood.
0: Yeah. So, Father John?
3: Uh, I have a problem. Uh -oh. Uh oh I like it way beyond Rudy. Yep, I totally agree with you that the liberties they took that can't be verified by fact bother me. Right. So if it would have not been presented as a true story.
2: Uh, if it would have just been a story.
3: If it would have just been a story, you know, like yep. Manchester by the sea or whatever, I would have gone 2.75. But... I think because they presented it as a real story and so much of it can't be verified, I think I have to go with a 2.5, but that's only a quarter above Rudy. Mm. Now you know why we have to be careful mm. about how we're giving our... stuck. So I'm going to stick with 2.5.
0: 2.5. All righty. Well, I'll play off you there, Father John. So in uh, the history of the church, you have the Latin church that was known for its law, its legislation, its its structure, its rubric. Then you have the East, and the East is known for its great wisdom, the Greek, the Greek path, the philosophia. And then you have these Syriacs, the Syrian church. And the Syrian church is known for its poetry. And I'd like to see this movie through the Syriac perspective, and that is it doesn't have to be true in totality. It can be based off of, it doesn't, I don't have to look at it like the Latin that says, Oh, this isn't exact. And I don't have to look at it through just like this mystical wisdom. I can look at it through a poetry that says there's something deeper beneath the surface. It might not all be true, but it helps lead me to a great insight, um, that changes the way I see or live. And so I'm going to give it a 2.75, I found it fantastic. I love it so much so that we're looking at introducing it into the curriculum at Mount Marty University for all
1: our students. <laughs> of
0: course, it's so good. I love it. I love it. Two point seven five. So that makes two point five eight. Two point five eight. Yeah. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah. That's that's. I do agree though that it, it does not come close to Rudy. And if Rudy is at a two point something something, yeah. We, we've got, that's right, but though that's all right. All right. Well, taking a jump into the second half hour here of Rotten radio, we like to kind of bend off into different themes of the month that we might uh, have insights to elaborate on. They might be coming from the movie as well. Fellas, uh, you have anything from the movie you'd like to, uh, that we missed passed over. There's so much there that we could talk about.
2: Yeah. Uh, one of the lines and this comes from the author himself, uh, when you forgive, you love, and when you love, God's light shines on you. And I do, I mean, Father Doty, the associate at St. Mary's, he, he used, said a quote, and he said it a couple times now to, to the people. Our world permits everything but forgives nothing. And I think that there is this, this real truth that somewhere in there forgiveness needs to be, and forgiveness is there to help us to know that we're not perfect, we're not going to get the story right all the time, uh, and that there is love. For God so loved the world mm. that he sent his only son, not to condemn the world, but that it might be redeemed. So I do think that in there, there was there's the, the idea of redemption for all kinds of people. For Ron, Ron's life was redeemed. For the couple, I should know their names. Uh, the parents? The parents. You know, uh, all kinds of people in there, uh, there was the chance of redemption,
0: right? Because the parents actually—they there's a line in there where it shows them together at table, as it presents to the audience that they're still waiting and searching right. for their boy. But they mention that relationships are mended, yeah. and it, it, it alludes to the fact that the parents now, in reality, I don't know, but it alludes to the fact that the the search for the boy has brought the parents back together in a way that they hadn't been before.
3: Yeah, which I don't think happened. Well, right. which yep. is part of whether we're
2: living in the West or the East or in the Syriac. Syriac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: uh, but I do
2: think that, again, one, one other part. I do think we all need to take this journey. Mm-hmm. What now, journey is that? We don't that? need to go to Alaska. We don't need to mm, do dangerous gotcha. things. But I do think that we all need to, and then to help people. You know, how do we help someone begin their own journey? And encourage them in a way that they really do need to begin to step out and make decisions, and really discover what's true and good, uh, how to be redeemed, how to make amends, all of those things. I think it is crucial uh, to life.
3: It, it, but yeah, you know, there's a book called "The Risk of Education" that Father Jassani wrote, and he, um, when they translated it into English, there was debate about what the words should be. And the more accurate translation into English is uh, the risk to grow, not the risk of education— that we have an idea of what education means, but what they're saying is, how does a person become a person? How do you mature? What's uh, the risk to grow? And and in the title, then, you begin to understand to get what you're saying about every person. The reason we don't do that as often today is because there's a risk. And so a parent or a pastor for his people, I don't want any risk to be involved. Well, then the people actually never grow. (laughs) Right, yeah, it's really... Yeah, you know the thing that strikes me is that uh the boy has more of his parents in him than he probably wants and it didn't hit me uh until you know he's running from his parents and the true story really is true. I mean, it was a very abusive relationship and he was running he wasn't going to find himself, he was running to get away to get away from Yeah. Brutality. Uh, Well, um, he is in trouble at the fast food restaurant. Why was he in trouble at the fast food restaurant? Because
0: he wouldn't wear socks.
3: socks. And towards the end, there was the moment where his dad falls down in the middle of the street, sort of exasperated, and they show him and he isn't wearing
0: socks. You're kidding
3: And when I saw that, I thought to myself, like all of us, the thing we're running from, we're actually more alike than we probably want. Yeah. And there is a place of humility, I think, when you come to the end of your own rope where you realize, well, they weren't perfect either. And the possibility of forgiveness does begin to arise when you realize they didn't cause this part of my problem. There's something in me that needs help. Maybe they're just like me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and Can't how do I make with peace that. with that? You know? Like and I do, yeah. So I, I think yeah, it was a, it was very thought-provoking the movie was in in many ways, you know. Right. And then having gone whitewater rafting uh just this last couple months ago, oh, really? there's no way that it was that bad and he did kayaking for the first time in his entire life. I was watching that part. I'm like, there's no way he'd be dead. I mean, but again, it's Hollywood. I'm like, oh, come on. It was probably just a stream. Now, maybe it wasn't, but that was.
0: The, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, I think that oftentimes I can get theoretical and maybe fail to integrate or apply the the circumstances to my own life. And so, you know- I'm an open book and i'm a I teach by experience. and so most of my students throughout my life know my story. And one of one element to my story is my relationship to mom and dad. And they're both two different experiences. Um, mom's is like a nostalgic experience, but she wasn't really around. like i I mean mom she worked the graveyard shift at McKinnon, right? She worked eleven to seven. Um, wasn't really present that much through a lot of our our, our childhood. I don't know about uh, Paul's. Um, he had four years on us. So it might have been a little different for you. <laughs> uh, and then dad's was a presence physically, but not necessarily always emotionally. And so those are things that like I never even paid attention to until my marriage. And in my marriage, at different points, my spouse has said... Um, you might want to take a look at uh your relationship with your dad. Mm. And she said it to me a couple of, t- you know, it's like, all right, now it, you know, at this point in my life, I have, I've wrestled with that. but it took my wife to be that mirror. To help me, in a sense, she was like the old man or she was like the, the Carthage community or she was like, so I'm out on my own journey into the wild. And it took me encountering people, my wife, to suggest or offer a reflection to me about my own mind and heart and a places that I needed a journey to discover. I love that word, Paul. You said the journey to discover, to choose, to redeem and amend. And I had to do that like exact process with Mm -hmm. mom and dad while they were dead, Mm. not without them around, right? Like, and it's magnificent because I have no guilt anymore. I don't live in a real, and I think to some degree, lots of us do. It's not that it was perfect, but if I didn't do that journey of self-discovery, if I didn't have my wife as a sounding board or a mirror encouraging me to, to take that look and I probably would still be living today not wearing socks and blaming other people for why I'm getting fired or why, <laughs> you know the world's against me or but it's like, no, why are you wearing socks, Joe? Why aren't you wearing? Socks? oh because of your dad or because of your mom. And now I have that journey of discovery. I understand who they are, how they influenced me, uh, how they impacted me, and then I can choose. To become different, to live differently, or to live the same. In many ways, they gave me many great things that they they formed me and, and passed on to me that I want to keep. And, and if I don't intentionally become aware of those, I can't intentionally pass them on to my own children so that the good passes on and the, the, the negative is healed. Mm-hmm. Uh, discover, Paul, choose, redeem, and amend think that's a fascinating process for our journey, in, no matter who we are or what those relationships are. Other insights, thoughts on uh Into the Wild that you'd be interested in probing? It is November. It is the month of saints, all saints and yeah. all this. We can jump off into that as well here if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, I, I think
2: we can talk a little bit about saints. And, and what I think is important for us today is and what our culture really is struggling with, as I had said before, our culture permits everything, forgives nothing. You know, it was just announced that they're going to, New York is taking down another statue, Thomas Jefferson. Really? Yep. Because again, he owned slaves. And so- Well, so did George Washington. No, so there's this inability yeah, yep, though. Yep. And this, right. I think, is, can be the same challenge we face with with saints. Right. Is we fine tune comb them- And when we see things that aren't perfect, we say, well, how can they be a saint? How could this person be a saint? They're not perfect. They did this thing or they did that thing. And to really realize that that sanctity is being redeemed by Christ. It's allowing Christ to transform those things. Uh, You know, we used to joke in seminary that Augustine would have never been allowed into the Augustinian order these days because of the life that he lived. You know, he fathered a child out of wedlock. Now, what religious community today would let you have a member who fathered a child out of wed Lytle? Like we have these standards. Now there's reasons form two to degree, but it's the same question of, are we, are we looking at saints in the wrong way so that we can't see anything bad about them? We can't see, you know, if there's any part of their life that isn't perfect in our eyes, then well, they can't be a saint uh, versus did they allow the grace of God to transform their lives. And at the end of their life, are they now in heaven? Mm-hmm. Uh, now you 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 don't want someone who's going to lead people astray per se, but to, to find perfect people like this is going to be impossible.
3: Yeah, and could you say would it be true? You'd say like to find perfect people according to what our sort of head tells us right. should be. Yeah, perfect. what we
2: think is supposed to be perfect. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you can't have made any mistakes, or you know, um, I even know that some people are critical of John Paul too. Uh-huh. You know, because of some of the things he did or didn't do in the church, and how could he have let this or that? And it's like, oh, okay. But but yeah. again, we're tearing down statues.
0: Perfection is it's, not the litmus of sanctity,
2: right? And so I think. But then this is the danger: really? is perfection in this world, well, in the sense of like,
0: never that we doing don't we wrong. don't. It's heroic virtue. Heroic virtue is the is the litmus by which we assess sanctity in can- the process of canonization oh, in the church interesting. today, not perfection. Well, I'm learning. I mean, you be- perfection is the ultimate goal to become like the father at death, but that only happens at death, after death, actually. And some are perfect
2: along the way, but very few. In- and so in that sense of...
3: So maybe could you say, but number one, they wouldn't be in mortal sin. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. But And like the imperfections would be like, did Mother Teresa have bad days and say things because she was upset.
2: <laughs> or I mean, right? Yeah, or her, can you look back and maybe, you know, she allowed somebody to give her money and she didn't realize that it wasn't a good person. Oh, yeah. And then they're going to say, "Well, see she took money from this scoundrel." Well, does she yeah. did she know? I mean, uh and for me what it does is is it you either create these people who I can't relate to then mm-hmm. because they don't seem to be able to have any humanity. Um or in it at the same time, I don't see where then I have any hope in my own. But how do I allow, you know, the process, you know, of, well, well we, we, we don't always get it right, but God's mercy is there. And so we return to the sacrament of reconciliation. And, and we also come to know them better. And we want to know the saints better. And not just in a perfect way, but in their own humanity. Right.
0: Uh, because and this is why help. John Paul II. One of the reasons he canonized so many people is because he wanted to show the breadth of heroic virtue and sanctity in daily life for the people of the church. That it's not just priests and nuns Mm -hmm. that are saints, but that all of the people of God—children. I think of uh, who's the little Mexican boy that uh, Jose Jose del Rio Rio, Sanchez. Sanchez, you know, or um, uh, Saint Teresa's parents, right? You know that. Parents, families—that a, a multitude sure. of people can seek this this life of holiness. And just for clarity, uh, when we do declare somebody a saint, we're saying they're with God, right? So they would be in that state of perfection. But here on earth, we're judging them according to heroic virtue. I think is what the Catechism uh, would okay. say. And so then you'll look at, oh, what's that heroic virtue that that they exempl it, it, we're an exemplar of that we should imitate or follow. And for some, it's charity, and for others, it's humility, and for some, it's a uh, you know, depth of prayer and spirituality. For Mother Teresa, you know, it's the service to the poorest of the poor. Who are some of those people in your lives that, John, I know you have a great uh, devotion to Charles Foucault, uh, who are, you know in this month of November, a saint or two that for you, you wake up to and think about or go to bed and think about and ask to walk with you throughout your day?
3: Yeah, that that's uh the one and I think he fits this category. They actually there were people even that didn't like that Pope Francis is canonizing him because he supported the French military. Oh. You know, and it wasn't that he, you know, was saying go kill people, but he was a former military man. Mm-hmm. And so when the French were coming in, you know, and colonization and there's all these things that are going on. But then there's also the ways in which he was influencing them to give them freedom. He loved the Turek people. I mean, he gave his whole life for the Turek people and none of them converted. So it's not like he, but I think that's a great example where there's a complexity of a person here. Right. But what are we saying? Did they have a rogue virtue? Absolutely. And he just had a mystical quality about him. He was just deeply in union with God. And uh, yeah, so I think because he didn't succeed in earthly ways, he really is a, Has chosen, he's chosen to be my friend. I accepted the friendship. Uh, um, But I think that's a big part of it is earthly wise, even missionary wise, he wasn't successful.
0: He chose you, you didn't choose him? Correct. Father Paul. And
2: you said to be a friend. Yeah, so a friend. Right, so I know. But again, so people would say, how can you be friends with a dead person? Oh. So how how is it that you have a friendship with a, a saint? Uh, I recognized one day when I was
3: getting to know him, I was reading his biography. I recognized that I was changing and loving God more because, uh, the more I got to know him, the more I wanted to love God. And I just, it just hit me one day. Wait a minute. You're present. You're here. Like, I think you're here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So just in the same way that, um, I can read a diary of my aunt who lives across the country or I can hear stories about my aunt who lives in the country and I can grow in friendship with my aunt even if she isn't physically here with me. I would say the saints are the same way. I've grown in friendship with them, but I've I've gotten to know them. Uh, And in doing so, I just feel friendship. Because what is friendship but one who leads you to, God. to fulfillment. Yeah, to the thing, you know. So I guess that in that way he has helped me find God. So we're church friends.
0: triumphant, not separated. Yeah. But triumphant. Yeah. Father Paul. Yeah, no, that is good.
2: Um yeah, I was trying to think of who who all I would say uh that I do have friendship with. Um Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati mm-hmm. is is always one um that just seems to be Almost, it's, it's kind of one of those ones where it's because I, I, I wish I could be even more like him. Like, he just seems to be that guy, as you always say. He, he's the guy every guy wants to be and the guy every girl wants to date. Yep. Uh, but, but just that ability to really just live a charismatic way, the faith, uh, in spite of everything.
0: Amen. Well, I'll uh, throw out... Uh, uh, Mother Mary, underneath the title of Our Lady of Guadalupe. She's like always present to me in my time of need. Pier Giorgio Forsati, Padre Pio, a whole host of characters. Saint Joseph during this year of Saint Joseph. Father Saint John. John Paul II. Amen. <laughs> well, brothers, <laughs> Amen. it's come quick. Yeah. Our hour is up. Thanks for joining us here on Rutten Radio as we close with our family Next prayer.
2: Next month's movie, though, is, is The it's Classic a wonderful,
0: it's a wonderful Life. life. Yay! Yeah. Together.
2: Our Father,
0: we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each
1: other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us, and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care, preserve us from the corruption of the modern world, and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen.
0: We'll see you next time right here at Rutton Radio on the Real Presence Network.